Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you today from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to have this opportunity to interview Jenny Diltz, who is a certified grief and end of life coach. Jenny will be speaking to us today from Martinez, California. Did I pronounce that right, Jenny? You did. Very great. Jenny supports people who have been touched by grief, either through the death or loss of a loved one or through life's experiences. As a certified grief and end of life coach, she holds space for them as they explore their individual grief and what it means to them, helping them rebuild their lives in gratitude and love. Jenny brings warmth, light, and healing into the grief experience through active listening and powerful questions that can help a grieving person discover new insights and access the greatness and answers that already lie within that person. I'm looking forward to talking with Jenny about building a more positive relationship with grief, why death is a stepping stone to growth, and much more in what is going to be an insightful and important interview for all of us. Hey, Jenny, a warm welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Thank you, Irene. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you. We're going to have fun, and it's gonna, this is going to help so many people, Jenny. So let's begin with this question. Please tell us about your life before you became a certified grief and end of life coach. And in addition, please tell us about this death positive mindset that you've had. Awesome. So before I was a grief coach, I was a mom full time. So I have five kids and I've been at home with them for most of their lives. My oldest is 14 and that was my life. Um, I grew up in a very religious background and culture. And so I did what I was told. I was very obedient. I was very spiritual. And my religion and my spirituality, my spiritual beliefs informed everything that I did. Um, Can I ask you what religion you were? I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. That gives people... um... A, a, a reference point. Okay, go ahead. Mm. Yep. And so I was just living the life as I thought I was living. Um, thought it should be lived. Um, and because of my spirituality and my spiritual beliefs, I've always had a death positive mindset um, because I don't see death as the end. Death is like a transition or a stepping stone. Um, the next part of life. Right. Um, I believe that our essences, our souls, our spirits, whatever you, whatever term works for you, 
um, I believe that those continue even after death. And so um, in high school, I had a friend, I think two friends die in car accidents. One died by suicide. Um, since then, we've lost several classmates in our in our class and our class was class of 99. So it hasn't been, we're not old people. Right, right. Um, so you were facing death at a young age because people were starting to die even though you were very young. Yeah, and death, because of the way I see life and the way I see that death is a part of life, it never really bothered me. And it also never really occurred to me that death shatters people's worlds because I hadn't experienced that. Um, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but the turning point experience for me was sitting with a friend. Yeah, her well, tell us that. Yeah, because you had the opportunity to be with your friend days after her husband's unexpected death. So how old were you when this happened? And that is the experience that inspired you to become a certified grief and end of life coach, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, tell us all about that. So it was only four and a half years ago that this experience happened. Um, our kids were in the same class. And so we got word through the school community that her husband died. So he and was like in his 40s or something. 40s or late 40s, early 50s, something like that. Yeah. Young guy. Um, and so I took a meal to them because that's a way that I could have, that I could help out. Um, and we, be, we were on the park, on the way to the park with my kids. And so I thought it was just going to be a really quick visit, drop the meal off and, and go to the park. Well, it turned into several hours. And as she shared her experience with me, I got a sense of what it's really like when death happens. The grief, the fears, the anxiety, the worry, the pain, the trauma. What other people had that you didn't really, you hadn't really experienced that. You're seeing it from someone, what someone else goes through. Mm -hmm. And another big part of that experience was because our kids are, were in the same class, I was able to put myself in her shoes what if my husband died now what would that be like for me and death got a whole lot more personable death got a whole lot more real in the logistical side for me right so how did so you hadn't yet decided to become a certified grief and end of life coach but this set the seeds this, this planted the seeds right it did because i was able to recognize that my personality is calming and it has a calming effect on others. And she was able to share with me her trauma and the details of her efforts to save her husband. Oh my God. And the details didn't bother me. And the grief didn't bother me. The heavy emotions didn't bother me. In fact, I, w I felt very comfortable there. That's a tremendous gift that you have because most people get very rattled when people are so emotional around them like that. Absolutely. So this experience awakened me to this gift and it 
it highlighted it because I don't think it's ever been in the forefront of my mind before because I was just at home with my kids doing my thing. Um, and then I took the experience to my therapist and he's like, have you ever considered becoming a therapist? And I'm like, I was like, mm, well, with my kids, it's not logistically wise for me to do so right now, but I'll keep that in mind. So as you began to seek ways to serve people and thinking about serving people related to death and dying, you attended a workshop with the Zen Caregiver Project, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that enhanced your personal understanding of death even more. So what drew you to that? And what was that training like? And how did that impact you? So after my experience with my friend, I started to learn this is what I want to do. It awakened within me. This is my passion. This is my life mission. That, that was your that was your calling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the more I embraced it, the more opportunities came. And so I started reaching out. How can I learn about grief and end of life? And some friends told me about this training um, through Zen, Zen Caregiving Project. And the training was mindful, mindful caregiving. Oh, wow. And we talked about mindfulness and how to incorporate that specifically as caregivers in the end of life stages. And one of the exercises that we did was a guided meditation on our own mortality. So we were the passengers in the car receiving the diagnosis. This is terminal. And the meditation took us through our last days and moments. So that was a really powerful experience for me. But I think because of my perspective on death, that didn't really rock me. Because you know that in this pro projection, you were going, you were going to survive, that your soul would survive, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the, the physical meaning of the physical aspect of death didn't really affect me. I, I knew that, okay, I die. I go on, I graduate. Hooray. <laughs> um, one thing in that, um, that meditation that did really impact me was the, the um, importance of connection for me. And during that time, were you thinking about what was the, what would that be like for the people who you left behind who would be grieving? I did. I mean, you must have thought about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I died and I went to the other side, but what about these people? Are they I did back? a little bit, yeah. And it was interesting because after that experience, the next portion of the workshop was on touch. And at that point in my life, I was very self-conscious about my body, my physical body, and my hands tend to be really, really dry. And so the thought of using my hands to touch other people and having other people touch me 
was way overwhelming for me. Wow. And I wasn't in a space that I could participate in that portion of the workshop. And so I tried to sit outside of the circle and Zen caregiving is the staff is super amazing. They allow you to come as you are and participate or not or witness as you are. And they're very mindful, non-judgmental about the whole thing. Um, so I tried to scoot back outside of the circle and still like witness. And that was still too much. I tried to move across the room and that was still too much. I tried to leave the room, still too much. I had to leave the building. Oh my goodness. That certainly identified something within you. Yeah. And when I did, I lost connection with the workshop. I lost connection with my peers. These people, even though we'd only been together for maybe a day, because of the intimate setting and what we were sharing and experiencing with each other, I felt like they were my best friends. Now you were grieving. And now I was grieving because I had to remove myself. I had to lose that connection. And when I left the building, I reached out to my therapist. I reached out to my husband. I reached out to a couple of other support people and nobody was answering. Ooh. And so here I was in a state of my like death that's really impactful for me the loss of connection and nobody's there even the people on the streets i was kind of tucked away in the like in the loading zone people on the streets are going by like normal day is happening and i felt like i had died because nobody was acknowledging me nobody was recognizing me i didn't have connection with the workshop where i was supposed to be I didn't have connection with my support people, my family. And so I got to experience my own mortality. And your own grief. Mm -hmm. And your own grief. Wow, that really, wow. Talk about developing empathy in that moment. My goodness. So you also helped a friend in her grieving journey when her sister died by suicide. And now you'd had this gen project experience. And now your, uh, your, your friend's sister dies by suicide and now you're tending to her, right? What did mm -hmm. that experience teach you? That was an amazing one too, because I was working with her. She was, is one, a very dear friend of mine and she was helping me like launch my business. Even in had the very beginning had you, had you been certified already? No. Okay. No. So, what, so launch your business in what way? I mean, like, like even coming up with what do I have to offer? Okay. Like so I, ha I have in no the idea. Stages. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like even stepping into this grief support role, I didn't know. And so she was helping me through that. And as I was starting to build my website, I would run ideas past her. Hey, what do you think of this? And she would give me feedback. Um, and I helped her with her grief and her friends 
grief. Um, so like when her friends were grieving, she would come to me for advice. Um, and it happened in the summer and she actually had a miscarriage. On top of losing her? No, so she had a miscarriage first. Oh. And so I supported her During in her that. grief. And then her sister her died. And then about six weeks later, her sister wow. died. And she sent me a text asking for help planning a memorial service to honor her sister's life. And so I helped her through the traumatic, the painful, the dark, ugly so grief. And grief to suicide is sometimes a lot harder. It can be a lot harder than death, other I types of death. Least, the people, um, at least people feeling, could I have done something? Um, somehow people feel responsible. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Wow. So you talk about that your passion for grief work has helped you discover more of your own identity, which we're talking about that you've discovered your gifts mm -hmm. and you founded grieving coach and you call yourself a travel buddy for a grieving person. So tell us what that's about. So like someone in, on the podcast is grieving and they reach out to you, you become their travel buddy for their grief. Mm -hmm. What is that like? What happens? So the first step is inviting them to tell their story. And that's one of the main things that we can do in our grief is to share our story, express it, get it out, allow it to be heard and seen and witnessed. And when we do that, it, it relieves the pressure. When like we carry a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my first step. Tell me your story. And I figure out where they're at. And then I walk with them every step of the way. If that means giving them um, action steps that they can take. If that means giving them a writing prompt that they can work on, how does this grief affect me? Um, I teach them. I normalize what they're going through. Do and you when also, they're, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you also encourage them spiritually? Like if they wanna connect with their deceased loved one or whatever, do you encourage them? to do that because I, I find that really is very helpful mm -hmm. when a person is grieving. Yeah, regardless of their what's whatever, regardless of the spiritual river that they're in or the spiritual path that they're on, I meet them where they're at. That's great. And if they're not spiritual, then I encourage them to write a letter to their deceased person. Because even writing the letter, even if they're they have no belief in the afterlife or no way to connect with them the fact that they're writing that letter is a means of expression of releasing that valve right right now you help people who have had experiencing death but you also help people who are experiencing a living loss mm -hmm. what is that about that's actually my favorite type of grief coaching <laughs> 
okay? Because that's a living loss. So a living loss can be any loss or change that we experience. Loss of a house, loss of a job, loss of a relationship, loss of a favorite spoon, a major change, a divorce, mm-hmm. um, divorce of a parent. And how do you help them? The same way, the same you way. Like, them through, you listen to the story, you help them process it and all of that kind of thing so that they Absolutely. can through it. Could you give us some of the core elements of a healthy grief mindset? Like how you help people to change their mindset to my life is completely ended and I'm going to, you know, I'll never get past this to what are some of the ways that you help them to change their, the way they're thinking about it, the way they're processing it? The first step is acknowledge it and allow yourself to be in that my life is completely over allow themselves to stay in bed all day if they need to allow themselves to grieve because we each grieve differently so that's one give yourself permission to grieve another one is accept the grief acknowledge the grief yes this hurts this is grief right and not to run away from it not to avoid it and maybe not to listen to people who are saying get over it already absolutely i'm uncomfortable right yeah and that's where normalizing and validating their grief comes in right would you say that grief is uniquely individual because of the person's prior history before they they experience that grief or their background or whatever are there are there um other ways that it's uniquely i mean i know it's a universal part of the human experience but it's also a uniquely individual experience mm-hmm. people have, be it a living loss or a death right absolutely um the the individuality and the uniqueness comes based on where they're coming from their life's history their life's culture their current culture where they're living systems, communities, socioeconomic background, all of the parts that make us who we are. We're not all the same. Right. And that individuality, that uniqueness comes out in our grief. Even if it's the same, the same person died, every person connected to that deceased person will have a different relationship with them. Not only a different relationship, but they have a different personality. They probably mm-hmm. process things in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people talk about complicated grief, Jenny, and that society doesn't necessarily acknowledge or value grief. Can you speak to that? What makes grief a complicated experience? And why... Like I said, people just sort of say, like, get through it, get over it already. Why doesn't society acknowledge or value grief or understand it? I think because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to face it. We don't want to face our death. We don't want to say, I'm hurting. I'm I'm not feeling good. I'm not very I'm not my usual separate chipper self today. 
<laughs> right. Well, and what makes grief complicated? Because I've heard that it's worse when it's complicated, that there are different types of grieving experiences. Complicated has a tricky definition, depends on where you go for your grief training or your grief learning. Um, in some ways, because grief is universal, complicated is not dealing with it and stuffing it so long that it builds and builds and builds until you are damaging yourself or others. I often think of complicated grief and correct me if I'm wrong, but I often think of complicated grief as like if you've had trauma in your early life and it has not been resolved and now you have this say, say you were abandoned by someone in your family or whatever, and now you have this, this, this grief, you're going to react more because it comes across as a, a as an abandonment. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? I mean, like it builds, if you haven't resolved things in your life, grief has a way of exacerbating. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah, one loss can bring up all of the other grief. Well, and in fact, uh, when I work with with my clients, one of the first exercises that we do is how has this loss impacted you? And what other losses are coming into play? What other losses are coming up for you now that you're focused on this one? and all the ways that this loss is impacting you and it expands. Right, right. I would imagine you're so um, non-judgmental and you're, you know, and so accepting. I would imagine you'd be very comfortable because whatever they went through, they can easily tell you and you'll help them connect it and process it, mm -hmm. uh, right? Now, how do you consider death to be a stepping stone to growth? So when I was dismissed from my speech language pathology master's degree, it was trauma for me. And even four and a half years ago, when I was talking with my therapist and considering pursuing another master's degree to become a therapist, I could not talk about that experience yet. But um, one or two weeks ago, even I was talking with a friend and she said, that was a loss. That was a traumatic loss. And you grieved that. And I'd never connected those two. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a huge loss for me. And it brought a lot of grief. And if I hadn't had that experience, I would not be where I am now. In what way? How did that experience deepen um, the person who you are to help other people? It completely changed my life. Because if I had graduated from that speech pathology program, I would have my master's degree. I would be working in a school somewhere or a clinic somewhere. I would be working as a speech language pathologist. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. But but going through the grief of this um, prepared you in a way to understand other people's grief experiences, I, I guess. Absolutely. And that's what, well, you had a living loss. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Tell us about your grief coaching, your workshops, and your podcasts. So my grief coaching is individual. We do one-on-one sessions and we get deep. We get deep in the grief. We also get deep in the gratitude and the joy. We have a lot of fun in our sessions and we also experience a lot of tears. And I specialize in one, I prefer one-on-one because in groups, you can't necessarily get as deep as you can with one-on-ones. In groups, you can do more grief education. And so that's what I use in my workshops. I train people about grief, teach people about grief. And the different ways that grief shows up for us and how we can work through our grief and learn from it. And even come to joy, even come to joy. Yes. As you make your way through, Mm -hmm. um, I guess you, you learn to be more present to the good things that are happening and not be uh, overwhelmed by your your loss as you process it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And with loss, I've experienced with my clients that with a major loss comes a mandatory shift in identity. And as they rediscover themselves again, it's amazing to watch the transformation. I can really relate to that because when I lost my husband, I did not know who I was without him. I was completely Mm -hmm. lost. But as I worked also with, I worked with a life transition coach and she started to help me and uh, realize things about me that I had not known. And I grew into somebody who, like you did, I grew into somebody that I hadn't known before. Mm-hmm. I had one role, but now I was, I, I was growing into another person and more of me was coming through, right? Yeah. That's more like how it happens, right? You were talking about podcasts also. Do you talk on podcasts? You have a podcast? Both. <laughs> a- both good for you. So I do, I do guest on other people's podcast shows and I also host my own podcast. My post, podcast is called share your story, exploring humanity, one heart at a time. Oh, how lovely. Good for you, Jenny. That's great. And what is your message about the importance of healing that you'd like to share with our grief and rebirth audience? Why should they go out of their way to heal their stuff? So they don't have that complicated grief and all that other stuff that goes on. Our mortality is limited. We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when our loved ones are going to die. And if we are carrying our grief with us, it's like carrying heavy, heavy backpacks everywhere we go all day, every day. And if we can allow ourselves to even recognize, oh yeah, I have this heavy backpack on and then get to the point, I'm going to take a look in this backpack. What can I unpack? What do I not read? What do I not need anymore? What can I release? Our backpacks get lighter. And as they get lighter, we can live more fully. We can enjoy each moment of our lives and of the lives of those around us. I like the shades come off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shade, right? That, yeah. 
I've experienced that. So true. Jenny, now that people want to connect with you, um, how tell us all the ways for them to connect with you. And do you have a special author offer for our podcast audience? I do. My website is grievingcoach.com. I'm also on LinkedIn at Jenny Diltz hyphen grieving coach and LTS for everybody. D I L T S. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I'm also on Facebook, Jenny Rencher Deltz, R-E-N-C-H-E-R-D-I-L-T-S. Spell it again for everybody if they're writing it down. Jenny R-E-N-C-H-E-R. Okay. And then again, Deltz is D-I-L-T-S. Dot or just just Jenny Rencher Diltz. Go go for it. And what is Jenny Diltz tip for finding joy in life? Oh, my offer. Oh, and then, and then I'll then I'll go to the joy. Sure. sure. Go <laughs> my for offer. It. If you mention the podcast, you'll get 15% off of services. Oh, that's wonderful. Hey everyone, you listening? That's great. Thank you, Jenny. So if they get on um, tell them the coaching site again so that they can get on and let you know that they came through Grief and Rebirth podcast, right? My website, uh-huh. My website is grievingcoach.com. Okay. And there are links to book an appointment with me. Wonderful. There. Wonderful. And what is Jenny's tip for finding joy in life? Experience it. Experience life fully. Experience the hard times fully experience the joyous times fully and recognize that if we didn't have the hard times we wouldn't know the joy because they give the contrast and if we only had the joy what would it mean that's right you wouldn't know it's very wise jenny thank you so much you are a blessing as you help people deal with traumatic events that have been feeling lost in this shattered world. Jenny, you stand as a lighthouse for people in grief, helping them to appreciate both the darkness and light as you guide them to rebuild their lives in gratitude and love. I trust that many people hearing this interview will want to benefit from your wise, compassionate grief coaching. And I thank you from my heart for this really touching and important interview. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.